Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking about how to price manure. In our spotlight, we'll look at ways you can adopt a cow. Uh, just don't take them through the McDonald's drive-thru. Egg History Minute, we'll talk about the history of land-grant universities. Cool Beans, that's Courtney, we'll have current events. So with me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. I love that video, Matt, of there was a calf going through the... Yeah, in the back of a... It was a sedan, too. It wasn't like a pickup truck or anything. It was the back of somebody's car. At least go with a station wagon if you're going to do that. The best meme was how to tell somebody you're from Wisconsin without Without telling telling them you're from Wisconsin. (laughs) Yeah, taking your... Your calf through the drive-thru. Did it surprise anybody at all when they saw where the drive-thru was? Like what town it was in? I didn't see. I I remember, but I remember seeing it, but I don't... Luxembourg. Luxembourg, that's what it was, yep. Like, does that not... Are you not going... Nah, makes sense. (laughs) Did that... Does that McDonald's have the, like, over 10 million burgers sold? Like, if you're that calf, is that like a... Are you taunting? What are you doing? Like, yeah. Do they process (laughs) you? Right. Did it take it to see its mom or I'm what? I'm trying to think if they have that sign. I don't like, think. Are you ordering a Big Mac with the calf in back? Maybe it's a little kid. bit. Can uh, I get Bessie yeah. burgers, I think please? at that point you should order chicken or something Eat different. more chicken. Did they give her a, a little kitty cone like you give your yeah. dog, you know, when you go through the drive-thru? Like the pup cup. Does Joey get that? Uh, Not when he rides with me. No. Uh, When he rides with his mother, yes. Yeah. Every time. Every time gets a pup yep. cup. Yep. Every time. And, the, and, and there's, I think there's probably like five or six. Uh, in the fr- what do they home. charge for the pup cup? Uh, some places are free. Like they okay, just give yeah. you. I mean, it, it's literally like an ounce of ice cream. <laughs> you have to pay for your actual child, right. but your dog gets free <laughs> ice cream. I know, like you can get a pup cup at uh, Starbucks of like whipped cream, and I think that's free, which is crazy from Starbucks because everything there. Well, is, like, they charge you six dollars for whatever else. Yeah. So. Yeah. six dollars for a plain black coffee. It's ridiculous, but yeah. How about them brewers? Hey, man, play the NL West. That's what you get. It's a long intro. It is is a long long intro. intro. We're on the team, guys. This this smells of late seventies, early eighties. Oh, easily, right here. like Robin Young. I was gonna say the Robin Young days. Yeah. Yeah. Copyright USA, nineteen eighty. Yep. yep. This is Robin Young and a Yumbo sandwich yep. written all over it. I'm seeing the uh, McDonald's with like the different colors flashing in front of my eyes. You remember those old commercials? Yeah. Or they just like the wallpaper? Yeah. Do they play the song at the games? Or no, anything? no. Like, no. The, I, I don't. Know we're in the middle of a pandemic. Do we need another fever? Brewer, <laughs> brewer fever. Yeah, yes, I have brewer fever. <laughs> there is no cure. There's no more. Cure. Not even more cowbell will do it for you. No. More do you w. think they'll hit a hundred wins, Bill? No. You don't? No, I, I don't. Yeah. It would be. Have they ever hit a hundred wins in like franchise? I don't think so. That's a good question. Ninety-six ish, yeah. I think. Yeah, but. When you take three out of four from the 
Yeah, from the Giants. From the Giants, and they had a chance to win yesterday and just didn't happen, but it's pretty good. There, We have 27 games left, and we need... They're like 86. Eight, 18. We're at 82. 82 wins. So we need, some, we need 18, right? Yeah. yeah. And how many games are left? Uh, we're at game 135. Minus so, 162. So 27. How many years do we just hope to get to 82 wins? 27. 27 games left. you got to win 18. That's, that's, that's doable, but it'd be tough. Yeah, yeah, Brewers. They end with a pretty tough I've season. never had a 100-win season from what I can see here. Uh, the Cardinals have, the Phillies, the Giants. The Tigers have once or six, twice. Six and four in the last ten. Just Yankees. <laughs> the Twins had one not too long ago, 2019. They were... And that's just regular season, then postseason, or miss the, there are teams that have missed the postseason with 100 games, yeah, wins, or 100 win seasons. That can't be right. How would they, I suppose back in the day if. Yeah, the, it says the following teams missed the postseason despite winning. In 1909, the Cubs finished second in the NL with 104 yeah, if you finished second back then, like you didn't even. Yeah, pretty much all of these are finished second Could in you their divisions. That? You'd have to finish second. Yeah, yeah. Twenty eleven and twenty eighteen, they had ninety six wins. Okay, so be. And I don't know. Twenty eighteen, they had ninety six wins. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the, the Dodgers. Lost the Dodgers in, in the oh yeah you know, CS. Yep. Man, it'd be cool. That's the thing. I don't even care how many regular seasons wins they get. This is the year where they. They do have to go far in the postseason. Here's the thing is, before, I don't feel like we were ever set up to make a postseason run because you have to play and win a series. And we have the starting pitchers oh, now yeah. where I don't care what I don't care who starts the series. Nope. Like, pick pick your poison. Yep. It's like when we played the Dodgers and they had Kershaw. Um, right. I don't Who else was on their pitching staff that year? It was like, it was horrible. Like Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller was you Darvish. Might have, yeah. You Darvish was, I think, was playing for them. Like, it was just you didn't want to face any of them. No, well, now that's us. Now that's us. Five game series. You go, you go. Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta in those three games. And then game four, even you know, go by committee. And yeah, even Lauer pitched good yesterday. I think. Does it matter if they get like the tour? Because it'd be hard to get the one seed at this point. But so like between two, because Giants were the other one. You, you probably want to get the two or the three so that you don't have to play the Dodgers. Right. Sure. Right away. Right well, away. Why wouldn't we want to play the Dodgers? What do we care? <laughs> well, you, according to you, we just smoked the NL West. <laughs> It'd be anyway, nice to play so. the Dodgers in a seven-game series versus yeah, a five. Right. Yeah. So that maybe not because wild... you just said we got three. Right. Yeah. Well, the wild card fourth game. Wild card will get the one. So if the Dodgers are one, then they'll get the wild card winner. Actually, right now the the Dodgers are in first place. Yeah, right. So and they play and way ahead for now. They're tied. They're tied with the Giants. The Giants and Dodgers play this weekend. Oh, so that'll settle that. So that'll change. Things are going to get pretty wild because they're they're both eighty five and forty nine. So yeah, we're probably not going to catch them because we don't. We play the Dodgers though. We got a series against them mm-hmm. yet. It always feels like in like when September hits, we should be in playoff baseball. I know it's October, but like just feels 
And there's like another 27 Monk. games to go. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, should play like, like 50 games and just be done. 50 total or 150. Oh, okay, me. 150. Sorry, it's 162. Yeah, so yes, I would agree with it's you. Like shave off. Yeah, but then think of all those nights in July where there's nothing going on. You want to watch true. Brewers? That's true. You'd have nothing to look forward to. Like June, think how boring June gets. I feel like once school starts, like baseball is like dumb. Should be kind of like it should yeah. be starting playoffs. Yeah. But then if, if it really should be once. If we did that, Max, though, we would cut off the back end, and we wouldn't have a Mister October. I mean, this just wouldn't be possible. It'd be It'd done. Be Mister September. September. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. I do think uh, I do really have a hard time watching the Brewers once football starts. Like I just, well, even when they're good, I just don't have. It's but, not in my heart like it is in July. Yeah, but then when playoffs hit, you're yeah, you're back that's in. better. You're in. Packers are down to fifty three. So. Yep, everybody's down to fifty three. Yeah. So the biggest news is they cut and traded a punter. Bakhtiari's out for six weeks. Yep. Oh, it is six and weeks. Yeah, yeah six pump. weeks. So Darius, we have no idea. He's back. His back hurts. We have no idea. Those are the three things from the cut, cuts. Everything else, who cares? Uh, I care. Colvin Lannon, we caught him. We got practice. Back. But he's on the practice, practice squad. squad yeah. So I was happy about that. Give him a year. Yeah, I mean, we also have a really good starting offensive line. Right. So we're going to have, and we have pretty good backups. I mean, you look at the guy, like the first guy off the bench is going to be Lucas Patrick. Like, yeah. It's a pretty good backup. Like. So we're we're gonna be in good shape. We'll be fine. Guess how much money they make per week on the practice squad? It's like is it like a thousand dollars? It's like ten grand a week. Wow! So for eighteen weeks, like you don't get all the week, like just the season. So you make one hundred eighty. Yeah, one hundred eighty grand. Like yeah, that's which wow. isn't actually that far off league minimum for because it's isn't like two fifty for league minimum. Week, yeah, I don't know. I can look it up quick. I think it's more. I want to say it's more than that for some reason, but even still. Just to practice. Well, like Van Lannan's probably living with his parents in yeah. Howard, no, Wisconsin, he's and no, he's not. He said that before the draft. He <laughs> Did said, he say that? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, moving ah. out. He's like, I don't know. I bought the <laughs> house next door. Yeah. Well, no NFL this weekend though. This is a college only weekend. Yes. Now it's week one, Max. Last week was zero. Yep. Week I one, guess. college gets their own time to shine. Started off. Oh, Max has something to oh, say. What you got? Four years or less in the league. Minimum is ninety two hundred per week. And the veteran for practice squad. That's anybody. Anybody league minimum, less than four years playing. That's less than what I and said. The, practice squad. and league minimum um, is for veterans is six hundred ten thousand. Yeah, yeah. Totally. For a vet, yeah, it's more. But for a rookie, rookies. It, that was rookies practice squad. Okay. All that stuff was it's kind of the same. Ninety two hundred. It's okay. years of. Years of service, four years or less. So anybody who would still be on a rookie contract, basically. So basically, you on the practice squad make the same amount of money as the next guys in general could. Well, think okay, but think about it this way: guy number fifty-two on the roster and the first guy on the practice squad, probably not different. How much difference? Uh, right, right. Yeah, but like the first round draft pick, though, he's going to make. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's big. only if you're getting. Yeah. I don't know how many guys in our fifty-three are getting minimum. I would think not many. Right, but. I'll take it. I'd go get my teeth kicked in by Zadarius every day on Skull Team for ninety two hundred bucks a week. So you excited for uh Bucky V Nittany Lion tomorrow, the stripe out? The stripe out, yeah, I am. What does stripe out mean? They're going every other section red white with your oh, are you shirts. going? No. Do you have tickets? No. You're just not going? I'm not oh. going. I wanted to go, but Do you have tickets this year? No. Oh. I gave them up before COVID. 
Okay, so. Well, and they were limiting your seat to do the yes, remodel. Yes, we are so. the south end zone with the new fancy crap going on. So we would have to move anyway. So we just oh. meh, let them go. Yeah, yeah. I, I like having season tickets for the Badgers wrestling, but I also... it's it, it takes stress off not having season tickets. And whenever you want to go, it's not... It's like tickets are impossible to come by, you right? Know? Right. And uh, when it, when I missed something, they call you like your ticket wasn't used. Oh, yeah? You had season tickets in your ticket. Oh wasn't really? Used. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. called you like Max. You had, we like, didn't see you in you where were you? Oh, yeah. Still, didn't you? Was, yeah, I had floor seat, but still, I mean, the, I it was think probably some student that they had they hired have, to like. Yeah, so they call you from and the, like from Max. The we saw office. you weren't there in seats G five through eleven. Well, were you I mean, okay? your your ticket doesn't get scanned. Obviously, yeah. if you don't use it, and then they say like, "Hey, you bought these tickets. You either need," and they tell you like, "We have a forwarding service. You oh. you either use them or you sell them to somebody else." Like, wow. people need to be in these seats, and I was like, "Aggressive." Yeah, wow. butts and seats. But I sold every ticket. Every ticket after that that I didn't go to, I had sold to somebody. So sure. or gave gave them. I mean, they're like wrestling tickets are like fifteen dollars, so it's not a huge deal. But anyway, it is, I always thought it was hard with Badgers football. Is it's two and a half hour drive. Four-hour game, and then usually, you know, two, three hours to get back. Yeah. So it's like... It's and, a day. It, it, yeah. And, and are we... Re- I mean, we're not going to beat around the bush here. You probably had a couple beverages. Do you really need to be driving home driving. from Madison at that point? No, you sit in the parking lot and wait for the traffic to clear and have a few more. Like, come on. Well, which, does, which does not help our case for driving home. <laughs> you, you make somebody sober up, and Rails just keeps drinking. Well, no, because they don't. I guess you do sober up quite a bit because they don't have. You can't. Can, you can't are they going to be able to buy alcohol in the no. stadium in the new? No, no. no. Yeah, maybe in the new. I, I thought in the new. Maybe when they they're were, building this yeah. new section. That was part of. Maybe it. I, thought, were, I thought this was like a rule, like you couldn't in college only facilities. Like there's like, like a in rule the Cole, no, because there's other there's other colleges that other venues in yeah. the Cole Center you can buy. There, there is not no. alcohol allowed in the Cole Center. Oh yeah, no bowl. There might be in the club seats in the boxes. No, no. There's no alcohol in the Cole Center. We we went through it at state wrestling one year. There is no alcohol allowed <laughs> yeah. in the Cole Center. It's state wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Those are high school athletes, Max. You shouldn't be drinking. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, with silage getting close. Yep. Silage looks, you know, right around Labor Day. Be if watching. It, if it wasn't raining today, how many guys would be rolling right Yeah, you could be starting. Just yeah, there'd be some stuff. guys looking at starting. Yeah. What, one thing to really watch this year is we're doing a lot of dry downs is that milk line this year is a really good indicator. It seems like this is a bonus topic. It's a uh, yeah bonus topic. I like that. Quick, quick yeah, one, cl- clean quick up from last week. Quick bonus hitter. Topic. So so we're seeing. I think you're gonna have really good starch levels in silage this year. It looks like that plant, and especially throughout the stalk, is real wet, and then in the cob is where it's drying down. Actually, not really in that plant yet. But when that plant lets go, of that moisture coming up, say the soil sort of not even has to be dried out, but reaches field capacity. I think you're going to see that you know the the stalk really dry up quick. How many samples that you guys are grabbing where you you cut it at the base and that spongy stalk at the bottom is just wringing wet with yep. moisture? Some have been. Some of the stalk's been actually kind of dry. So it depends on your. You got to watch yep, your variety watch. a little bit too. Yep. BMRs. It seems like the stalks are drying out a little bit from what I've had. I've had some where I it seems that way, and then when I run them in the test, they're coming back higher than I would think. You know, then what? Sure. The, then what? All the look of the plant and the indicators are would tell you it's sixty-eight percent moisture and it's come back at seventy-one. So the, somehow there's moi- there's that hidden moisture in that plant. Well, we got enough rain last week, six inches or so to 
It's yep, going to wick gonna, up into that yep. stock. It depends where you're going to cut it to. Yeah. Make sure you're you're at cutting height when you're taking your sample too. Otherwise, you'll you might skew your result a little bit. So once that silage comes off, then it's poop time. Got to get the poop out. So how I do you how saying. do you how do you price your poop, Bill? What you got for us? It's really hard to know what to do. Yeah, I got to thinking about um, you know, obviously wheat wheat is harvested poops out on the wheat now we're going to get into corn and beans and probably going to be a lot of manure changing hands so how can we do this and i I came up with five one two three four five different ways that i've seen in the past that guys have have done that so um first one we'll go into is is um just equating it to the cost of fertilizer so you take your manure sample you know what the value of your manure is you have your nutrient value of that and then you say, okay, what if I had to go to the co-op or my local plant and buy that amount of, fertil- amount of fertilizer? So just doing some, some quick math. The hard part with that is because fertilizer price fluctuates so much, how do you know you're getting a good deal or not? Like, Just for example, if you pre- prepaid fertilizer last year, that um, 12,000 gallons would have costed you about $72 an acre. But if you waited and to get the manure until this year and equate prices as we stand today, it's $135 an acre for the same fertilizer. So your same manure just doubled in price depending on when you priced it out. So is that the smartest way to do it? I don't know. Luckily, though, it doesn't fluctuate that, that no, much. You know, yeah. it might fluctuate, uh, like you say, spring to fall. Yeah. So make sure, you know, about the time you're going to apply fertilizer really should be about what your, your cost your cost, is. yeah. And usually it's cheaper in the, you know, this... Yeah, most guys aren't charging full fertilizer price. It's usually 70%. A, per, or, a person yeah, of that yeah, fertilizer yeah. price, too. So, um, yeah, and that can be negotiated back and forth that way. And just the other part is what nutrients do you count for? You know, NPK, do you count sulfur? Right. And this you was know, just... And then get, I just did NPK. Correct. I didn't which do I, sulfur and do anything else. Yeah, which, to be honest, and whenever I price it, that seems to be the fairest way. You you do the macronutrients, the micros are just bonus. You know, so if you feel like you're getting a raw deal, well, you got sulfur, calcium, you got all this other stuff for free, basically. To me, this is like a cut and dry way of like, you can't argue this. This is like, if this is the route you're going to go, you, like the buyer and the seller can't argue because here's the price fertilizer. Here it is in manure value. So it's... it's. I think you're underestimating the penny pinchers out there. I know. <laughs> I know. The, the, you may argue, but there's there's a pretty strong basis for yeah, your, no. your cost there. This, the, the only problem I ever hear about like this method is, well, they took a test on Tuesday, but I didn't get mine till the next Monday. How do I know I got that? Right. Or I got the... They water. only gave me it's the watery, watery stuff, stuff off the top. That's but even the then, if, if it the is the watery stuff you... Then you should only have to pay for that. Yeah, you should be in the test. So you should see that. So, um, yeah, if if you're taking manure and you're upset about take your own manure sample and see. they're doing it. And then, yeah, I mean, a lot of times we know manure as a test, it can fluctuate. So, you know, that's one thing to just, you know, each farm is going to have to do their best to make it fair. Yeah. $50 manure test can save you a lot in, in what, you know. Yeah, pricing your one thing to remember too is is or or it could be way higher than you thought, (laughs) right? But at least you know then, yeah, right. And and at least you got those nutrients. And and fertilizer is a minimum guaranteed analysis. I mean, that's what it's telling you. It's minimum guaranteed. Well, 
in manure, we can do that same similar thing is sort of give you, you know, this is yep. the minimum guaranteed analysis. So, so another way is, is just pay for the hauling costs. So we know what the manure hauler charges the farm to get that manure from the pit to the field. So the person that's buying the manure going to the field, Hey, just cover my costs. I, I realize I'm going to wrinkle relinquish the value of that manure and nutrients, but at least I don't have to pay to get rid of it. And that can be significant. I, I, um, surveyed a couple of my growers while I was writing this just to make sure I had my numbers right. And, and like, if you hose inject from your pit, it's around 1.5 cents a gallon. So 12,000 gallons, that's 180 bucks. That's a good hunk of change to be saving. That's more than what we paid either time before paying for fertilizer. Right. Yep. So when you do it that, you do it that way, you're like, there. Yeah. There's money to be saved there. Mm-hmm. If you got tankers, we'll now add six. Um, it's 2.1 cents instead of one and a half cents. So that's up to $250 an acre. And then if you're going to take semis from your pit, drive them somewhere and dump them in a dumpster into a field, that's even more. So that's another way that a the manure generator can recoup significant amount of cost that's one way you tell you know if the guy receiving the manure is upset about the cost and fertilizer value you say well yeah but i i paid I this, paid yeah. this to, you know to, to haul it, it to you. you so you you know like you say it's almost like a deal that way that that they're getting it so that is one thing to you know to really have both those numbers and then obviously you're going to agree somewhere else of what the price is but you can almost look at all these ways and then whatever the buyer and seller agree on is the fairest for each of them or what they agree on is, is good. That is one thing I think guys don't consider when they look at the price of manure is that's including application cost. Like when you're paying for it, you're not paying somebody to go run across the acres. True. You're paying for the value of the fertilizer and you're getting it applied. Right. Yeah. Which right. is like you just said, Max is more than what it's worth. So in your, so when you're, I just, now I'm thinking about this, that cost analysis you gave based on fertilizer pricing that's only for nutrient. That doesn't count Correct. your eight dollars an acre spreading. Right. Zero, so you yes. start adding that in. Now, now we're really talking. I yep. Mean, yep. yep. And the true cost to the generator in this method of of just paying for the hauling costs, that's not even included the fuel because none of these guys come with their fuel. You go to the farm. The farm pays yep. for the applicator or the custom hauler to. So there's fuel costs in there too that that the manure. That the generator has to incur. Yep. So, uh, third way I've dealt with is is just cost per load. Like, I'm gonna take, you know, a thousand loads, and it's forty bucks a load, or whatever that number is. And I've seen that happen in the past too, of just a flat rate per semi load. And the semi load is six to seven thousand gallons per acre. Um, per per tanker. Per tanker. Per tanker. Yeah. Yes, not acre. Sorry. Thank you for. Correcting me, and so you might have two to three tankers a load, depending right. so, on what your application rate is. So in that case, the generator, the manure generator, is not recouping only maybe a third of the cost, but at least you're getting something. And I think in that case, that may come into effect where you have too much. the The scenarios I've seen is where you have a lot of manure to get rid of, so you really can't overprice it because you got to get rid of it. the The part I like, I I never liked the cost per load. But the more I've dealt with actually seeing farmers dealing with each other, this seems to be almost the least controversial. Yeah. And the le- like, you know, up front, it's hey, it's you know that 
you know, one load costs 40 bucks and I want two loads an acre and that's agreed upon. And then the person receiving the manure know what it's going to cost them because they can do the math and the person selling the manure knows what they're going to get. You know, it's, it's just all up front established. Obviously if you're doing hauling costs, that's kind of up front, but that cost of fertilizer value, like we just said, it can sort of change or yeah. be a little different. Yep. Um, where this one, it's like, you know, this, this is what you're getting per load and, and it's, it's done. And, you know, on watery, more watery pits or watery manure, usually your cost per loads cheaper. And then if it's thicker manure, you know, your cost per loads a little bit more. So the good uh, news for Max, you're talking about the people that complain about getting the watery or the non-watery manure is in this scenario is you're not paying full price in air quotes. So you really shouldn't be complaining about what you get, Right. Because you're paying a cheaper price in reality. Yep. Um, so fourth way is kind of the barter method of I've seen guys buy straw, like a dairy buys straw from a cash cropper, and then in return they Put take manure. a manure on. Now that doesn't talk about the price and how much manure they should get, or you know, it's just like I'm going to take your straw, and maybe you're going to take. 16,000 or whatever that number is that they decide on. It is surprising, though, how when you get into those situations, some of those guys that are providing the straw or the silage, like, just expect that you're going to put manure back. Like, yeah, it's not a not like, oh, yeah, I, I don't want the manure. It's like, no, no, you're going to put nutrient back for for what we're, we're doing here. So, yeah, it's interesting how that, that system works. And you're not trading money. It's just, you know, the books don't show. You just get straw and we get manure. Great, you know. Um, I, th- I think for a dairy, especially someone who has a lot of manure, they almost have to kind of do that. You can't be taking something in and not putting something out, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't, just like you can't buy 400 acres of corn silage and only 40 of those acres get manure back. You know, those growers, they if you're willing to take their corn silage, they have to be willing to take some manure. And that yep. uh, this is kind of where that the barter thing comes in because you're trading. I mean, one for one, I need feed, you need nutrient. Let's figure this out. Yeah. yeah. Make it work. And we all have a need. Yeah. I don't want you to deplete my soil by taking all your, my silage away. So, and you got to get rid of manure. So bring it back. Todd, well, you added a, yeah. One other way, one like me. a barter, a trade that I've seen works is, you know, when two dairies, two manure generators, um, have, can trade their manure. Say you've got a field, farm A has a field really close to farm B, and farm B has a field really close to farm A. Um, we've tried this. It it can work, but, man, it takes a lot of talking of, hey, I'll hose to your field that's close to me. You'll hose to my yeah. field that's close to you. And then it's cheaper for both farms because whenever you can hose inject, it's the cheapest way. I actually had one farm that farm A is far away and had a field right next to farm B's farm pit yeah. so in the winter time they got a little bit full so farm a hauled to farm b's pit and then farm b hauled out on farm a's field in the spring sure sure like if you follow my logic yeah see now i i had a whole nother thought in this was and i i don't i don't think i've seen it but i think it could work potentially is you know you got a dairy who has time to, who is growing wheat but they don't have any manure in the summer to get rid of. Well, dairy down the road, they might need, you know, hey, we got something to get rid of now in the summer. 
you kind of, all right, fine, then you're going to give us some corn silage acres to haul on in the fall because sure. we'll be, our pit will be getting full by then and you're, all that. You're right, Max, as I always look at it like spatially, like from you know where the locations of the fields are, but temporally time or over time, time might be better too is, well, my custom guy is only haul, here to haul once in the fall, but you know at this other farm he might be hauling more often. Well, and, and some sometimes guys don't like to haul on on their alfalfa all summer, so they don't get anything out all summer unless they can go on wheat. And we have a year where wheat sucks, or this farm's wheat all died out. You know, them being able to find another way to work some in, and then hey, we'll just trade in, in the fall and get back on a regular schedule. That works. Yeah, there's ways of doing it. It works. And the last one, Todd. That's the easiest one. Yeah, give it away. Just give it away. <laughs> That's my least favorite. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, if you really need to get rid of it, sometimes you might have to just give it away. Hopefully um, that scenario, to be honest, you'd think from the guy taking it would be you know better. It's like, oh, free manure. But anytime you get it for free, they see no value in yeah. it. Yeah, right. So I've just seen it work so much better when when you're paying just something for it that, that the person getting it sees value there the person selling it gets a little bit to recoup their cost so i would you know stress farmers that you know you you just once you just have to start giving away you're giving such a valuable source something away that it it doesn't work out in the long run for that dairy yeah and we've talked about this before you know manure gets looked at as it's a waste product but it's it's fertilizer it really is and it's a very good fertilizer you get biology you get nutrient all the micros, like Todd mentioned before. So it's if you're getting free manure, that's a, definitely a not looking a gift horse in the mouth situation. Like just take it, and you know it's going to do good things for your soil. It's not dirt; it's soil. It's not manure; it's plant food. Yep, and you know what? When you go to a garden center, some of this plant food you're buying is manure. Yeah, is manure. Actually, a lot more and more. Right, it's becoming more of a thing. Yeah. My grandpappy used to say, "Anything free is worth saving up for." (laughs) (laughs) Yep. He didn't actually say that's from a movie, but you know, (laughs) that would be something my grandpa would say. Oh yeah, easily. So there you go. There's some options for pricing manure, though. I guess the last one's not technically pricing; it's just getting rid of it. But it happens. Yep. Sometimes it has to happen. Sometimes the pit's full, and you got to have somewhere to go. Value. Valuing your manure. Uh, so hopefully you find some value, and if you don't find value, then I don't know if I can help you. But there you go. There's ways of valuing your manure. Now we'll move into our spotlight for today. So you've probably heard Adopt a Highway You know that children are up for adoption in different situations, but why not adopt a cow? And that's our spotlight for today. A year-long free experience for your classroom. Uh, My son's class actually did this last year. How do you like it? I don't know how much they did with it. He was really excited, came home, talked about it initially, and then every once in a while we'd hear about it. Um, I'm I'm struggling. I can't remember the name. There was a name with a calf and everything that they had adopted. Um, it's so probably Bertha or yeah. came home and was like, 
we adopted Bertha today. Did oh yeah, like, they came with a picture. It was like, oh yeah, you know, we reminded me of. Was it in their classroom? Did it poop all over? It, the it did not come physically to the classroom. <laughs> no. Uh, I actually have a farm in Shano County that adopts calves out. Sure. So um, they're the adoptee. But yeah, it, it's a yeah. free program, no costs from beginning to end. Uh, they do, in this case, the program that we're looking at here. Uh, if you'd like to donate thirty bucks for. The cow and journal kit, you can. Uh, kit includes a stuffed plushy cow, classroom journal, and journaling activities throughout the year. Donations not required to participate. No approval process, so anybody can do it. Uh, registration runs from, started on August 1st, it goes till the 15th of September. Um, and no information will be sent out until calves are born. So, depending on when your adopted calf comes into this world uh, then you'll get more information but still kind of a cool it's info at discoverydairy.com is this particular program and you could be your class mascot you could write letters to your cow uh, I guess if you got the, the kit with the plush stuffed cow you could hug the mascot kind of but yeah just kind of a cool thing to talk about um, you know way to talk about agriculture in the classroom talk about where you know food comes from a lot of people don't seem to get past the grocery store concept when they think about where does your food come from uh well here you go you can adopt bessie or billy or whatever the name may be do they do bulls i wonder like bull calves there's it all about that. I'll, it's, I'm it's all heifer calves but yeah they're not on the farm long enough depends on the farm i mean you never know i shared this on facebook in a, a, a a Facebook friend of mine who's a teacher sent me a message within like 10 minutes saying they had already completed the registration wow. and they were like nice. super excited about it. So I'm hope I can't, I told them to let me know as soon as they find out where their calf came from. Cause I'd love for it to be, you know, someone, yeah. someone that we know if we could facilitate a, a meet visit? and greet. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to send it to my kids. I know my elementary schoolers, not my, this year they'll probably start doing it again. Um, I don't think last year they did, but usually, I think it's kindergarten and then third or fourth grade again. Uh, Seymour School District does a field trip to the farm where you go and see an, like animals in general, not necessarily when you adopted. But do they still call it Adventures in Dairyland? Well, that still exists too. I think does in the it? county. Yeah, That's I think I don't know. Um, I used to teach that back back in the day, but. Um, but yeah, this particular this discoverydairy dot com does have a for our farmers page, and you can offer to do school visits, farm tours, or both. Um, but they look this looks like they're located in Pennsylvania, so I don't know if there's a Wisconsin based thing as well, or if well, Outagamie County for years did yeah the Adventures in Dairyland, and then that usually had uh, programming, not necessarily always a farm visit, but a lot of times they try to arrange. A visit to the farm that was done in fourth grade, I believe. So they'd go out and get the kids to see see the animals. A lot of times they'd have a vet there to kind of talk about animal health and all that kind of stuff. So in Michigan, I wonder if they do that with Dr. Pohl since he's got yeah. his, his national show. There's a new one, Heartland Docks. There's a lot of Nebraska, them, actually. Yeah. There's Heartland Docks. The, the husband um, wife. 
there's like two brothers that have one and i can't remember what their show is called there's and a, then there's a lady up in alaska that's like a vet for everything she goes to zoos there's a there's quite a few shows i can't think of what the one is there's one about it's like three or four like african-american brothers in atlanta and they are it is it's funny to watch like they are i mean you They're can imagine yeah can you imagine if you ran a vet clinic with your brothers like <laughs> The things that would be said to each other, like, and it's it's funny in a big city downtown. Yeah, and like, and they they do, and they see like they see the the pit bull on Monday morning, and then Tuesday afternoon they're dealing with an ostrich at the zoo, and they're like, "What the heck?" Is that Netflix or no? That's on uh, Disney, Disney Plus has a lot of them because it's, it's National Geographic, Discover Geo. National Geographic, or Animal Planet. One Darn of those. Yeah. I don't have Disney Plus. Yeah. I was wondering if Bill, if you know if other vets watch like those vet shows, and they're just like, "This is pretty much <laughs> this is like." I know when it's on and so dramatic and it like, just, like gets. Wait, like, I don't. You, know, you know a vet? I do. <laughs> yeah, and it just goes. We just like go right by. It's like it's too sensationalized and stuff like okay. that. Okay, which you, you got to make it worth people's while to watch. Right. You gotta I, make it exciting, right? Yeah, as long as they're not negatively representing what they're doing, a little bit of sensationalism isn't the worst. But just as long as it's not over the top, like flat out just, oh yeah, no, we're gonna go and do something that no one would ever do. Right. And some of it's realistic is in her world, it's all about what the owner can afford and do. So in a show like that, they probably do whatever. And that's not always real world either. What I, because the yeah, big, the big major surgeries sell. I mean, like... Right. They don't show those conversations you're right. in. Of like, yeah, um, your we're, puppy here is going to cost you about right seven grand. Are you willing to pay for that? No, we're going to nuke it. Yeah. Okay. That's doesn't, not going to make... That is, that is one thing show. I will say about Dr. Pohl is they do show him euthanizing animals. And they do show a lot of, like, common, like... A lot of his farm calls are DAs and... The, the first Heartland docks, they go to and they have to... The farmer has to shoot the... It's a a cow, but it's a beef cow. Shoot him and then they do like a C-section to get the calf out. But they don't show him shooting it or nothing. But yeah, it seemed... It was very like, wait, that's a... Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so at least in that way it is And then know, they brought realistic. the calf back to their... their I, I saw that, yeah. Then the they calf for like put the calf in like five a days pen or like, whatever. Uh, yeah. Like if... Like really? Like, is the farm gonna pay for the vet? I I don't know if that is common, but I no idea. can't imagine. Maybe it was a bull calf, so they didn't care. Like, yeah, you can have it. It was a bull calf. I mean, it was well, a wasn't it, The farm wasn't gonna keep the calf. I think was the no. They they kept it after. I don't after they did, but they were initially not going to because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't it wasn't eating or something. I think yeah. that's why they took it back. Because uh, I, I saw that too. There, but I, right there is the one. That's the one. So my wife does like to watch these kinds of shows. And right there is that's where they get unrealistic when they're like, "Yep, we got this uh, this calf. It hasn't eaten for a week. We're gonna stick five grand into it, and get it to eat." <laughs> right. And I'm like, "That's not. That's not how it works. It's no. not how it works at all." But all right, anyway. we'll move, in, calf. move into our egg history minute for today. So we're gonna talk a little bit about land grant universities today. So the Morrill Land Grant College Act, and Senator, Senator Justin Morrill of Vermont left his name on one of the most significant pieces of wartime legislation following the Civil War. The first proposed when Morrill was serving in the House of Representatives, the Morrill Land Grant 
College Act of 1862 set aside federal lands to create colleges to benefit the agriculture and mechanical arts. The president signed the bill into law on July 2nd, 1862. It granted each state 30,000 acres of western land to be distributed by each senator and representative and funded the construction of agricultural and mechanical schools. Each land-grant school, or early land-grant schools, included the University of Wisconsin, Iowa State University, the State University of New Jersey, Rutgers, and the University of Missouri. So yes, UW-Madison is a land-grant university. In the Big Ten, we've got Illinois, Purdue, Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Rutgers, Ohio State, Penn State, and, of course, Wisconsin. Iowa surprised me there. Iowa's not the, the, as not a, is, but Iowa's not. Is that why it's the Big Ten? Is ten of them are land-grant universities? No, because Rutgers on there. Oh, well, were they in the original? No. No. But yeah, you're right. Iowa's not a big agricultural school either. Iowa well, State is the big but, big school. Okay, so I always think that's funny that they're not. But then, like, if you watch some of their sports games, they're sponsored by Pioneer. Yeah, like that. It always blows my mind how we don't have Pioneer on Badger stuff or Dairyland, Dairyland Seeds does. A Dairyland, lot. Right? I guess. Yeah. Dairy, oh yeah, Dairyland does. Or like, and then like the Red Zone is like the KSH Dairy- Red Zone. I literally have a Dairyland hat. Bat- Wisconsin <laughs> Badgers Dairyland hat. What am I talking about? <laughs> anyway, but like you say, Pine- like you don't think of Iowa that much. You think of Iowa State, but not Iowa. Yeah. But they're Pioneer. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty big name to have behind you that to be a not agriculture school. Right. I'm doing the quotations here. Well, lo- it, local sponsorship, though, I'm sure. Yeah, but if you got all the Iowa farmers watching their Hawkeyes during three-pointers. The, and the place I see it the most is uh, wrestling. Like, it's yeah. on the mat. They even have it printed on the mat. Really? Oh, they've got a Pioneer logo on the I almost want to say the basketball court at Carver Hawkeye has a Pioneer logo, too. I'm sure there's more than one Pioneer dealer that probably graduated from Iowa State. Yeah, so. Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the all the Hawkeyes wrestling stuff, like all their clothes have Pioneer on them somewhere. It's I would imagine they're pretty big there. Corn fed boys, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. If you like to listen to Corn Fed Boys, thanks for listening to us. Um please subscribe to our podcast. Or Max is, that is a laughing. fat joke? No. no. <laughs> that You're right. We're more dairy fed boys. You're right. Yeah. Is that, that's, is that that's, any better? That's uh You let's look be like real you need a corn ice cream every night. <laughs> Please subscribe and tell a farmer friend. That's all we ask. Tell him about what a podcast is. Tell him to go to Apple Podcasts on his iPhone or on Android. We like the apps Podcast Attic, Podbean, and Player FM. You can also listen on your computer or smartphone browser. Go to tiltheegg.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio. All right, and then we'll do some cool beans. That's corny. So cool beans, cool beans, cool beans, cool beans, cool beans. You got two things going in yeah, the background there. Playing, it's you got red hot. Chili. There's red hot chili players still playing. I'll pu- I'll pull it back because a mashup of uh, yeah, that was John weird. Michael Montgomery and the Red Hot Chili Peppers is. Well, apparently John Michael was at the uh, in Grundy County again because that's our 
cool beans and kind of a that's corny at the same time. Farmland Insider says Grundy County, Iowa farmland fetches 22600 per acre, which is the record for Iowa farmland. So somebody really had to have that land. So the Iowa Land Company, where a guy named Cody Skinner works, sold 75.7 acres of farmland at auction August 27th for 22600 per acre. And it was over in a flash, like all farmland auctions. There's more to the story, but in fact, this is Tilba Land in Grundy County, not non-highly erodible, so none of it is highly erodible land. With I would hope not. <laughs> you lose your twenty. Yeah, it doesn't, uh... and it's got a corn suitability rating of ninety point six, which is on a zero to one hundred scale. So it's pretty pretty high quality land going on down there. Is it Grundy County, Illinois, or Grundy uh, Iowa. County, Iowa? Iowa. So, so when a story like this comes out, and you see how big a deal it is that something sold for this much. You know when you hear the rumors around the neighborhoods that somebody paid 20000 for land? Now you really know what they're lying because if it was happening, it, and I mean, it's a big deal when yep. it happens. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you set a statewide record like this. Like you hear, you hear, you know what I'm talking about when somebody well, sure, sells a big piece around here and you hear, oh yeah, they broke the checkbook out, told them, give them their number and they paid twenty grand. You're like, okay, uh, no, because when you do that, this is what happens. Yeah. It makes national news, and this and this is and if you read further down here, this actually has a will have a payment on it every year for an easement for a windmill. Yep. And by the uh, end of the lease, the payment will be forty almost forty thousand dollars, thirty six thousand three hundred sixty three dollars. So you're right. There's other other stuff it's potentially than, going I, on. I mean, it's awesome farmland. It's a ninety point six on the corn corn index, which hundred is the best you can do. Ninety point six is pretty good. Pretty productive. But you you think about that you know every year every year the windmill easement um, increases by two percent so I mean so the the buy in twenty twenty two the payment is twenty one thousand dollars I mean that's not jump change right no it pays for one acre of the land right there pretty much yep so every year you're paying an acre off and then some I mean good investment yeah, yeah. Grundy County is right by Waterloo Cedar Falls area. I didn't realize that's where it was. The heart, the heart of the Corn Belt. Yeah. I am going to have that song in my head all day now. That's a good song. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. That's all right. a great song, but not as good as this song. Oh, we got it. We're not done yet, though, Todd. Oh, what else we got? We, got we, we do have an actual That's Corny. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll settle down. Jumping the gun today. <sighs> gotta get, we got to get a new guy for the board. I, think. I don't know. He's playing mashups, starting, ending the show <laughs> before it's over. <laughs> Now we just lost listeners. Now no oh, one's listening like, anymore. They're like, oh, whoa, oh, that was the end. I got to turn this off. Yeah, I catch myself doing that. Yeah, <sighs> so where I listen to the end music for a little while just to make sure they're not going to come on and say because sometimes just kidding. Sometimes just kidding. they do leave some pretty good nuggets at the end. It's like the end of a concert where it's you got to like clap yeah. to keep them on yeah. to get the encore yeah, yeah. coming back in. It's an encore. So well, clap. All right, we'll get a we'll, we'll get our our that's corny and then which is uh, Invermectin, is intended for animal use and not a treatment for COVID-19. Don't drink Ivermectin. Well, don't. It's for cattle. They, they, you can get a prescription. There, there is a, a version so, for humans, yes. but it's also not for COVID. It's because the human 
there, use is, is different. There is a there's doctors out there that will prescribe this for you if you have COVID. So seek them out, but do not use the stuff intended for animals for horses, and yeah. horses, especially that you know is it's a it's an old drug. It's been around since like eighty one, and yeah, there's some people like what they thought hydrochloroquine kind of helped your COVID nineteen symptoms. Except there's for some, not when you take it as fish tank cleaner. Yeah, right. There's some science out there that can show ivermectin could help as a treatment, but you, you can get it prescribed from a doctor and take it properly. Not, I don't know how you'd know the horse dosage versus human. <laughs> yeah, don't go into the horse medicine cabinet and just be like, ooh, and yeah, I'll take some of this. I've had a, I've had a dose of ivermectin before, uh, animal one. So it's an accident. I mean, things happen, but yeah, I, I, I turned out fine uh, for the most part. No. A pretty good, pretty good shot in the leg, though. I was a heck of a day. Yes. Bottom line: don't self-medicate with animal products, no matter what. Uh, it can cause. I, I know they said blurry vision and some other things uh, that could potentially just turn it into a bad day for you. Remember so. those big like cow aspirins that they'd give? Oh like, yeah, which are just pills. Just, like, yeah, I mean, a horse just, pill, right? It's like, like a pickle. Just think of, of some of the dosages of that stuff oh, versus... Yeah. We medicate 1,200 to 2,200-pound animals with this, and you weigh 145 <laughs> right. pounds. Like, it also is interesting when you get, like, cat or dog medicine and how much, you oh, know, yeah. it's, it's just like, that dosage for animals has got to be interesting like, for them to figure out. I know out. my wife talks about that. Like, she gets a decimal place wrong. It's yeah. Bad. Yeah, that's yeah. bad news. Okay. I mean, you've gone in for surgery before, right? Just And this is prescribing people medication, and they weigh you twice before surgery to make sure that oh, you do the medication. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, so you start thinking, well, oh, yeah, we'll just, I mean, horse takes 50 milligrams. I'll just do 45 for me and a little smaller. <laughs> so ivermectin toxicity, the symptoms include confusion, decreased consciousness. <laughs> like that one. Decreased, decreased consciousness. consciousness. Don't go driving. <laughs> Rash, nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, and diarrhea. That is the most sophisticated way I've ever heard to say you're going to pass out. Right. Decreasing your consciousness. You may not completely be out of it, but you're going to be really out of it. The next time you're ready for the kids to go to bed, you're just, can we decrease their consciousness, please? <laughs> but I bet you won't have worms. So like Todd said, go to your doctor. <laughs> hey, get a prescription might, there. Not you might get knocked Don't go out. to the vet. You might get knocked out, but you don't have worms. You got to find the positives. Yep. Now you probably didn't have worms to begin with, but hey. <laughs> you really don't know. I know, I did gas station sushi last week. I might. <laughs> gas station sushi. You were risking You it definitely up. do. Yes. Yeah, you've got something yeah, going I did on. not yeah, eat that, gas station sushi. I do be... not. I am not that wild. <laughs> That's the real gas station surprise right there. Oh, Jesus. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So this week, we talked about how to value your manure, our spotlight, how your child's classroom can adopt a cow. Ag History Minute, we looked at land-grant universities, and our cool beans was Iowa setting a record land price for some pretty productive land in Grundy County, Iowa, and our that's corny was don't take animal drugs, because it's probably not going to end well. So with that, thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.